Welcome to This Is Man's World, She Who Dares Wins podcast. And my super special guest this week is Lauren Holland. And Lauren is a London-based land surveyor. So she's one of me, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be featured. <laughs> ah, no, I, I spotted you on Instagram, like I do with all my guests. Um, I think probably last year. And I, I was like, one of those situations where see someone you're like oh they're one of they're one of one of us I understand who these people are <laughs> so it was really exciting as well because um you work down in London and yeah I did, well I'm not going to go into that you explain for me and my listeners um how you became a land surveyor oh so it's kind of a long story actually um well, long and short, I uh, did a degree at Geography University, Geography University, at Bristol University yeah. um, in Geography. Um, and in my third year, I had a bit of a midlife crisis and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Um, and I went to speak to Chris Advisor and she's like, oh, what would you recommend? Um, and uh, she turned around and just went, well, what do you like to do? And I was like, well, I love being outside. Um, and at the time as well, we did a lot of 3D modelling. So I sort of said I quite enjoyed that. It's like playing on The Sims. Uh-huh. Um, so she turned around and said, well, looking to being a land surveyor. So I Googled it and I had no idea what it was. Obviously, when you Google land surveying, you kind of get loads of tote stations, which I've never even seen in my life. <laughs> and just clicked on the first company that came up and dropped them an email and said, hey, like I'm a student. Um, I'd really like to do some work experience for free of my Easter break. Um, and they were like, yeah, sure. And they were based down in Wembley. Okay. Um, so I went along and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I think originally I was a bit like, is it just because it's something new that I'm enjoying it? Um, And every day I just was learning more and more and more. And I was going home and talking to my family. And they kept saying to me, when you talk about it, you know, your face just lights up. And it was just really strange for me to come back and be like, yeah, I love going to site, my PPE boots and hard hat. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I thought of it really ever since. Um, Just worked my way into from like assistant to junior to surveyor and now I do a lot more networking and development and things so awesome yeah. well that like the fact that you did a geography degree makes us even closer because so did I oh no way. yeah but I never the crazy thing is is it took me like seven years to <laughs> full circle to go to land if someone had said at a careers event go into land surveying like it would have been amazing but I ended up doing like going into construction doing materials testing and quality assurance uh, and going the really super long route in fact I've only really been land surveying the last two years because it was kind of the back end of you know using total station for setting out purposes um kind of go hand in hand but yeah no I wish someone had said that because it sounds like you've taken the quickest and like you found your dream job pretty pretty quick so that's awesome yeah yeah pretty lucky yeah, awesome. Okay. And how did you find it? Um, like you said, you were super excited to be on site and, and put the hard hat and high vis on. Uh, was there any times, you know, when you were first out on site where you were like, wow, this, this is pretty male dominated? And did it give you the jitters or did you just take everything as it came? Well, my dad works in the glass industry. Um, so he goes to site quite a lot um, and deals with architects and things. So, when obviously I mentioned I was doing work experience as a land surveyor 
I'd like gave you a pretty good warning and said, you know, it is a very heavy male dominated industry. Yeah. Um, and I think he prepared me quite well for it. Um, and I've been to a lot of his glass events. So as growing up, they had like family days and whatnot. So I kind of have been exposed to it without kind of realizing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking with obviously, it was it was like being on a catwalk every day. Um, <laughs> you would walk through sight, and everyone would just like stop and turn. And uh, to begin with, I felt I just felt quite comfortable because I was just like, "What's going on?" Like, surely they see women every now and then, or yeah. whatever. But I did notice because I did um, quite a bit of monitoring to begin with. There were small jobs, so you'd have a maybe 50, 60 men on there, and they had actually never seen a woman on site before. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Like genuinely for them, just something I was so amazed by. Um, and I did have a few kind of like comments and wolf whistles and whatnot. Um, and obviously they did make me feel quite comfortable and they, and I did port a couple of them actually. Um, and they got dealt with and I did feel a bit like, Oh, am I really out of place for doing that? But obviously the last thing you want to do is go to work and feel uncomfortable. Yeah, completely. Um, but yeah. And now to be honest, I sort of feel that if I do walk on site and guys look at you like, oh my word, what, what's she doing here? And mm-hmm. um, I just smile and I just feel like into proving to them that I deserve to be there just as much as they do. So Yeah, and I think, I don't know how you feel, but um, from the audience that out there, um, when you do the job that Lauren, Lauren oh, get me words out, this is for <laughs> lack of sleep, Lauren and I do, you carry a lot of kit and your yes. job is, not to say other jobs are not super important on site, they are, but it is like a physical job, it's a, it's a really important job that we do on site and um, when you like lumber on all your kit, it's kind of nice that I feel because people are like, oh, she's here to do like a job and like a, you know, a physical job. Um, so it's kind of cool from that, do you, do you feel that way as well? Oh yeah, definitely. Like even today, I had to climb down um, a really big ladder to get down to the basement with the tower station on my back and a like, bracket in my hand. And uh, there wasn't really anyone around on the floor at the time. I mean, I'm capable of doing it, so I did it. And when I got down, this one was stopped and looked like, oh my god, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, like I did. Um, and it's nice because you just sort of think, for me, like I was never that fit. Yeah. But I guess over time you do gradually get fitter. Yeah. Um, and I do notice that now. Like I can carry so much equipment and it's not even heavy. And people look at you like, oh, are you okay? Do you need me help? And you're actually like, no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can know. actually carry it. <laughs> I actually, um, it made me laugh a little bit when I think you put a picture on um, Instagram. It was you walking through kind of central London and you've got your tripod and your box. And, and you do carry a lot more kit than I do. Like when I was setting out, I carried all that stuff across site, but it was just on site. It wasn't through like the middle of the city. And like now I just stick with GPS. I'm like, I can ha- handle a sledgehammer and a GPS and that's about it. But you put this, um, you put this picture on and someone commented and they were like, oh, the only advice I would give. Um, would be to perhaps draw the legs in so that you don't stab someone on the sidewalk or something or make it easier no. for you. And I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, someone's always got to have a comment, haven't they? <laughs> oh, don't. And I had like, um, honestly, and some people had said stuff like before, because obviously, as you know, like being exposed to social media, you do get people who do comment things. And yeah. sometimes it's just out of own experience and they just turn around and think, oh, um, yeah, yeah, like they know, they know. Um, and they were like, oh, you should have been using like a spider or something in a basement. And I thought to myself, I, I 
I know the site and I, I know exactly what needs to be. And even someone who commented below that to say, I think she's a surveyor. She knows when she needs to use certain equipment. Um, and I was like, yeah, too right, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, I love it. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think I had once, um, I had some problem with some kit and uh, I phoned up one of the like service centres and they were like, okay, just turn it off and then turn it back on. And I was like, oh, we're not going there. I was like, seriously, this is not 2008 and it's not a PC. Like, <laughs> now I know that that can sometimes help, but I was just like, I really felt he's just said that because it's me on the phone. If it was a guy, yeah. like, oh, check this or do this. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Man. You're like, don't you think I've already done that? <laughs> <laughs> but- But you, you're using a lot of um, different kit and, and you're really, I think, more into like the monitoring and land surveying than, than kind of I do. Like I'm, you know, I'm surveying uh, landfill at the moment. So it's just walking and doing, you know, heaps and things. But for um, the course that I did to train up on the EDM, um, that was quite technical and quite interesting, really. And how did you find working with like the computer systems and getting that aspect? Of, I suppose the office side of the job. Well, I think in a lucky, unlucky way, uh, it's quite hard to describe because in the first company I joined, they weren't so advanced in technology, so we had like the old instruments. We were like, using TSO nine, TSO six, is like no code systems, and it was like you had to have a or they call like speakers to speak to someone who's 100 meters away and they go curb and you're like you got your notebook and you're like curb curb one and they're like bottom of curb and you're like bottom of curb two and that is how I learned to do it and I think at the time I remember people saying to me like oh you know there's so much more better kit than this and I kept thinking to myself like oh I can't believe we're wasting all the time doing this and like my um area surveys was actually with the disto and um a pen and paper and I would go back to the office and I would watch YouTube videos on how to draw on CAD um, because there wasn't many surveyors, there wasn't many people in the office and it was very much like you get thrown in the deep end and you learn um, and I learned from my mistakes very, very quickly um, and I was lucky to have quite a few surveyors above me who I'd be on site with and I would just be, they'd, I'd annoy them so much because I was constantly like, why do you set up there, not there? Why are you measuring that, not that? Yeah. Um, and it helped a lot. And I think when I actually joined Murphy Service Home now, um, and they were like, do you know how to do top And I was like, yeah, I do them all the time. And they sent me inside with TS-15, a one-man kit with like a controller and a, a, like, a code list. And I remember opening up the box and being like, what is this? <laughs> I actually had no idea how to use it. It was really weird. And um, so then I had to call survey on site and had to come show me. Um, but I think having that, I have a, it gave me a really good understanding of how the instrument works. Yeah. And um, so like levels, I do all my level runs manually. Now we do them digitally. Yeah. But if something ever goes wrong on site, I can come back to the office and work it out because that's how I got taught. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's very important that people do learn because some people say, oh, at universities, they have all the old instruments and whatnot. But I think it's probably for the best. So. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I mean, it makes me laugh, actually, because I, I think I had a, I mean, my brother's um, a setting out engineer and surveyor too, and we both did the same course, and uh, we laughed that we had, I think it was a TSO-9. Mm. And, and I was like, I'm amazing at setting out a building <laughs> site in, in, in a hallway of a college. <laughs> and then, like, out on site, you're screaming at someone to go, like, and, and we've for anyone listening out there, we're just trying to explain in layman's terms, uh, the kit is, like, I guess, now using an iPhone 11, back to using, like, a Nokia 3210. 
that's kind of the scope of the difference between mm-hmm. using the kit. And um, yeah, you have two people now. Everything's kind of robotic, and you're on your own. But yeah, it makes me laugh. But you're right because I've had uh, a couple of apprentices since um, on the setting outside of things. And like you feel, I've kind of felt like, oh God, you guys are getting everything like so easy. Mm -hmm. Like the old school, like chaining, um, you know, even so like some of them don't even take level books out and I'm like, come on, this is like, yeah, I know. And and it's, it's, it's a shame, but I suppose that's where technology has come into its, into its own. It's, um, but you still have to lug the equipment around. That's what I'm finding interested at the moment with, with all the surveying being done with drones. Um, mm. and it's, it's like, you know what, the, the old equipment still does the same job. Um, and if you know how to do that, then I think, uh, you're kind of bulletproof for the future. And like you say, if any mistakes happen on site, you can rely on your knowledge rather than a computer system, which isn't always right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of cool and interesting. So yeah. social media side of things, what made you want to share your journey and story online? Um, well, so the, I think I posted a couple of photos on LinkedIn and just, I don't know what made me do it, but I just thought, oh, I'll just post one. I think someone ever asked me if I ever used it, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just use it. Um, and after a couple, they started getting quite a lot of likes and views. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that one which you were talking about of me carrying all the kits through London got like 250,000 views on LinkedIn. Wow. Um, so I'm like, uh, 2,000 likes, thing, I don't know. Um, and I got called in for a meeting with the director because it was very much like, now you're in the public eye um, uh, and it was a bit of a shock so I was like I didn't even think about that I was just posting like willy-nilly and then I was like now I'm like representing the company and people are looking at it knowing that I work for life surveys um, and yeah. but obviously it's professional uh-huh. and um it's business whereas on Instagram it's very much like I can post what I want it's casual I can put my Instagram stories I'm having a bad day um and everything like that and also, that's where you reach the next generation because the teenagers stay, the people who are coming up, that's where you see them. And I've actually had some of my cousins who is 17. She'd sent me screenshots of her friends sending her messages going, oh, I saw this Instagram the day as your cousin. And it was like a random ad or something that my face was on or they, it like popped up or something. And I was like, how weird is that that it spreads so quickly? But I'm reaching the younger generation, which is the goal. Um kind of showing them that, you know, yeah, I love my job and yeah, there's bad, there's bad days, there's bad days in every job, but it's just about being real. Um, and the support network is amazing. Like the amount of times where I've been on site and just been like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too much, it's too overwhelming. And I'll sit in the van and post an Instagram story like, I can't cope, this has happened. Mm-hmm. And people just feed all this stuff like, oh, you know, you've got this, you're amazing. And, um, oh, how about, why don't you try this? Like, have a cup of tea, go back to site, do another site walk. And you actually take them in and you're like, wow, that actually really helped. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's powerful, isn't it? And I think um, you've hit the nail on the head there with, you know, the youth of today. I've been to a couple of um, women in construction events and and I always talk about the social media side of things. I think it's just so important because that's where the eyes and ears are. And, and that's where we get to influence. Like my main thing is I get frustrated with the culture. You know, I've been in, in the industry now 13 years and I get so frustrated. I'm like, how can we bring more women and girls in and keep them when the culture just needs this massive shift? Yeah. Um, but the truth is, is that a lot of people I've had on the podcast have said, yeah, but the only way to shift the culture is by changing the numbers. And, and the one thing that the feedback that I get, which sounds very similar to you, is 
we appreciate the honesty. You know, that the the, the, yeah. the the breakdown in the toilet, the the, the <laughs> yeah. trying to get through sight when you're pregnant and no one knows what to do with you, or like, you know, the no female yeah. toilets or or the comments. And and whilst I don't ever want to kind of just focus on that because there's so much of the job, as you really do well, um, of portraying you know, like what the positive side of things and how yeah. how great the job is. Um, that people can then make their own choice because the last thing you want to do is be like, oh, it's amazing. You go on construction site and people make you a cup of tea. Everyone says really nice things to you. Like the reality is someone then gets yeah. a job and is like, hold on a minute. These guys sold me down the river and it's quite brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just important just to be, to turn around and say, these are challenges. I always emphasize afterwards how amazing the feeling is to overcome them. Yeah. Um, and it really is just to get home and go, like two hours ago on Instagram story, I was having a mental breakdown. Um, I couldn't do it. I was like, no, I've had enough. You do it and then you go home and you're like, wow, I did it. Um, and it's just all about pre-intend that it's temporary, that all these things that happen, the things that you overcome and you learn from, um, rather than just being like, oh, this, this, this sucks and I've had enough and that's it. Um, so I try and emphasise that. Yeah, it's a small a small snapshot, isn't it, into the day? Yeah. And, um, but yeah. like, based on that, then, like, if if you've got a um, group of girls, or even guys, I have a lot of people, um, a lot of guys on here as well that are interested in different roles. Like, what what are the best things about being a land surveyor? The best things. Oh, the long list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably say to start with the community. And okay. um, I, when I first started, to be honest, it, you didn't really feel it. It was very much like, as a woman, you're quite isolated and. I mean, the numbers of females on site has grown immensely. Like, I cannot, I cannot believe it. I see women on site all the time now. Um, I mean, obviously, it's still not as high, but yeah. And I think it's just so nice. Like, I rock up to site all the time in your group with smiles and, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And how's it going? And it's just like really, really nice. And I love that. And I go to a lot of like chartership events um, and whatnot. And obviously, they're still quite older generation based and male dominated yeah but it's like this support it's like they the older generation are really trying to encourage us to be that generation that makes a change and changes the future and it's so nice because you go and you're just surrounded by people who are just there to like encourage you and I absolutely love that like joining the industry you'd really be supported and no matter what event you went to there's always someone there that will happily help you and whatnot um yeah I love that and as I was saying earlier about the challenges as well like I love that there's a sort of even a small challenge every day yeah. and you can go to site and overcome it and it makes your day people will say oh you know you do the same thing all the time and it's like yeah but it's not it might be the same site but 20 concrete trucks weren't there last week when I set up all my equipment and everything like that so you have to like come around and talk to people and communicate and it's just nice when you work together as a team um and obviously, like being outside, I absolutely love it. And sometimes when I've been in the office for a couple of days, I'm like, oh, you know, I've been so busy, I've got loads of work to do, or just feeling a bit down. And the moment I'm on site, I just feel like so happy. <laughs> it's really strange. Um, yeah, no, I, I get that. Like yeah. the feeling and the variedness of it as well. I think mm-hmm. if anyone who thinks it might be at university and thinks, oh, God, I can't get an office job, it's kind of the perfect thing, isn't it? Because you get to. Oh, yeah spend time outside with the kit working on site and then you're back in the office doing drawings speaking to clients so it really is I think the best of both worlds 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you've summed it up in a nutshell there, like some of the things that I really enjoy um, yeah. and get pleasure out. And at the end of the day, that's what I say to a lot, lot to people is that I wouldn't have been doing it for 13 years if it wasn't fun. Like, you know, oh, yeah. you'd, you'd have t- tapped yeah. out because so, it's tough at times. So you'd have tapped out soon enough. So it really does, you know, um, it's a great industry and a great job to be part of. Howdy, folks. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I just want to say thanks for listening. And if you did want to support the podcast, then you may consider heading over to a Patreon account where for less than the price of a coffee a month, you can get yourself some extra goodies from this super, super podcast. And you will also be supporting the podcast for future episodes. Thanks for listening. I mean, Murphy surveys, like obviously you're representing those guys from an outsider's perspective, looking through your Instagram and your stories. It really makes me happy that um, I'm hearing more and more of super supportive companies. Um, I've worked with uh, a lot of different companies. I've always been freelance, um, but I've been on projects and I've stayed on projects a long time because of how well I've been treated. And that's yeah. one thing I also say to people is like, I've only come across like in 13 years, like one, maybe two companies where I've been like, oh, they're not that supportive. But the majority have been amazing. And I think that's a perception that people are not aware, you know, that they have wrongly perceived that, you know, you're just thrown out onto site and the support's not there. But um, yeah, like Murphy seemed really good with that and, and letting you kind of take the route to help inspire others as well. Um, and I see a lot of, uh, dare I say it, I feel old at 35, but um, I see a lot of younger guys in your team. Um, do you feel like it's a young vibe, um, you know, at Murph is? And, and how, how do you feel like they've supported you so far? Um, yeah, I definitely say it's got quite a young vibe here. Um, I mean, in my department, majority of the surveyors, I think, are 30 and under. Okay. Um, there's a couple maybe like m- mid-30s, but I'd say, yeah, like, and as well, we're about 23% female, which is That's quite awesome. I didn't yeah, realise there's more than you. Wow. Yeah, incredible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really nice because we have a lot of, like, uh, we have monthly staff drinks and we go out quite a bit together. And it's nice because they, they become your friends, um, yeah. which is really nice. But, yeah, like, I couldn't, I honestly could not have done everything I have without the support of my surveys. Like, the moment I turned around and said, I want to go to an event, Oh, it was my first event was a women in construction event at London Build actually. Um, oh, okay. And I was like, I've seen this on LinkedIn. I'd really like to go. And I turned around and went, Yeah, okay. I blanked your schedule off, and I was like, Wow, that's amazing. And then I was like, I want to do school visits. Um, and then when I started being quite active on social media, I was like, Okay, I want to start going to conferences and more networking events. And the whole time they've just been so supportive and just gone, Yeah, like do it. Um, and it's been so great. And especially with balancing both, like at the beginning it was, it was quite tough um, yeah. because it was very much like I was loving going to all these networking events and chartership events and meeting these people and potential clients and things. And I was like, wow, this is another side of the business that I didn't get to see before. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are like late, late events. And they were going on to like 11 and I had to get up at like 5.30 in the morning to go to site. Yeah. Um, but now they've been really, really good at making my schedule flexible. Um, and I just think if people want to do it, like speak up because at the end of the day, they 
they're going to have to be replaced at some point and they need people to come in and fill positions. And the only way to do that is to go and encourage the next generation. And I think a lot of companies are actually a lot more supportive than people realise. It just takes someone to stand up and say, I want to do it. Yeah, and I think if they've not had um, anyone before, no. then they don't they don't know. Like, And I think that's where I've struggled is that being freelance, I've kept, well, I don't know how, but I've kept <laughs> all my social media completely underwrapped so no one I've ever worked with other than two friends who are fellow engineers I've worked with and I only told them once I'd left and when um the story about my pregnancy hit the national newspapers I was like okay shit shit's gonna hit the fan um and and look no one no one like I'm sure people read the paper no one put two and two together and and it's a world that I keep under wraps only because um you know, I, I share the honest opinion. I don't work directly for people. Yeah. I work for clients. So I've always found that a little bit difficult. But that working for a company like you do that allow it, and not so much allow it, are encouraging it, yeah. is is grand because it, it's it's then saying, yeah, you know, she works in construction. There's good and bad days. We're fully supportive of this. And it's just, it's an open field, really, to, like you say, to tap into that next generation and say, yeah, come on, like, we need you. Um, the jobs are there. Be inspired and 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 follow. And and you do a great job, Lauren, of um, of giving a a good insight into like your. I mean, I don't know how you do it because I like I get overwhelmed with the posting. Um, and I'm like, oh, I should. I used to like daily vlog on site for YouTube. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. And it got to a point where, and I was hiding this as well. So I was like setting up a camera on a housing estate. It's hard to hide a camera from like fifty work. <laughs> It's so hard. And then trying not to film anyone because obviously I didn't want to put anyone in it that, you know, wasn't aware of it. Um, but but Instagram's great for that. And uh, you, like quite a few of my guests, um, kind of take us through the working day, which is nice as well. So you're not just like talking about what you're doing, you're showing us as well. Um, so I'd say, yeah, definitely keep up that. That's awesome. Right, now for some fun stuff. Have you ever... Um, have you ever, because I've done this, have you ever dropped a total station? No, I've, I've never dropped one, but I've had one fall on my head. Oh, um, wow. Well, that's even worse. Yeah. I was, so, um, I'd set up the tripod yeah. and screwed the total station to the tripod. And um, either I hadn't clipped it on properly. Oh, like, no. The yeah, well, I placed the total station on top of it. And as I put my foot on the tripod to like push it into the ground, the total station fell off and oh. it fell on my head. <laughs> Um, I had a helmet on, lucky, but still. And my colleague caught it. What? And you know, you were like, yeah. And he caught it. And I was just like, I cannot believe that just happened because if that had fallen on the floor, that would have been seriously drastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I dropped one. I was setting out some housing foundations and I put, stupidly, I put my total station on like two cores of brick. So like uh. 150 mil up, but it wasn't fully on. And it fell for the viewers out there, like, uh, like, less than a length of a ruler it fell on the floor and the cost for repairs was well it makes me feel ill now it was <laughs> so for anyone out there listening the kit that lauren and i use is what would you say between like 15 and twenty-five thousand pounds worth of kit I think ours, yeah, I think ours is about 25,000, yeah. Yeah, that's some, that's some responsibility right there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and also insurance, like I just um, renewed my insurance because I bought my own GPS kit and I was told by the insurance guys that it's gone up by 300% because of the amount of people stealing kit yeah. off-site. 
So my next question is, have you ever had to run after Kit? I have, actually. Um, <laughs> okay, share was, that story. Yeah, I know. So I was on a site and they told us that um, I actually had an extra assistant with me. I could do this all on my own. I was, um, I was just doing a topo inside this site. It was really small, like all hoarding, padlock gate and everything. And um, they were like, we'll give you an assistant because the area is like dodgy. And I was like, okay. So all day we were working fine, like we locked, we locked the gate, but it locked ourselves into the site. And then my colleague was like, I'm going to go to the toilet. So I was like, that's fine, whatever. Um, and I was like, just, you know, put the lock back on as you leave. Um, and what I didn't realise is that he hadn't like locked it. He kind of like put the lock on, but not really pushed it. So it was open. And the site manager hadn't been to site yet. And uh, my manager said to me, I'll just let you know that, you know, he's coming at some point today, like blah, blah, blah. So this guy just walked into site and I just thought that the gate was locked. So I was like, oh, he must know the pin. This must be the site manager. And he walked straight up to me, right. and unclipped the instrument from the tripod <gasps> and walked off of it. And I was screaming at him and I was like, no, no, like, give it back. And I had the control in my hand. And then he turned around as if he was, like, going to grab it. And I, like, pulled it away. And, and then I got my phone out and started like, taking photos of him. Um, and then he looked really angry. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, he, like, ran into this car. And I was taking photos of this car this whole time. Um, and I was just like, I cannot believe that just happened. Um, but because of things happened previously and there have been stories of people maybe, you know, using weapons and stuff, I thought to myself, Whoa. I can't, like, try and grab it from him. Because yeah. what if he hits me? Obviously, he's like... I know, I'm only five foot two, and he must be like six foot, quite big bill. And I was like, he could just like tap me and I'll fall on the floor. Wow. Um, so yeah, and like I called the police and um, they managed to, well, the car that they, that they like gave a license plate to, they managed to like trace to a certain point, but the license plate was um, fake and obviously they just ripped mm. it off and got away with it. So. Oh no. Oh, I know, that's, I know. It's like my worst, like the way nightmare i mean with gps i like to constantly by my side i very rarely look but when i was setting out using like hired in kit it was yeah it's i mean what do you i i had um the only experience i have that I can relate to that is i was working on the nottingham tram and um i'd set my tripod up but we work in the middle of a council estate and uh i've literally walked about 20 meters and this kid was hanging off my tripod legs and I just like screamed. I just like ran over to him and his mom was just like, he's just playing. It's just a camera. And I was like, oh my God. But, yeah, it was absolutely. No yeah, I know. You have absolutely no idea, which is interesting. Yeah. That's uh, another thing that I always get when doing, uh, setting up the EDM. Do you ever get anyone that's like, oh, are you taking pictures? Oh, yeah. We actually had a really strange, like, um, laser scanning actually, because obviously all the instruments do have a certain it's infrared thing um, with the lasers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Obviously the scanner, like it shoots out millions of lasers to measure points, but you don't actually see the lasers. And um, then there was like scanning in a hotel and um, basically a woman had seen that there was like a little laser symbol on it. Um, and she's just like, oh, you know, um, are the lasers? And it was just like, well, they're not actually... <laughs> That bad hands that you can't see them. And uh, she refused to let anyone work, like scan the rooms either side of her bedroom in case she like got affected by the lasers. You know, when oh. you're like, I stand by this every day. Like they're not they're not bad lasers. Um, and uh, once I was working in Vox actually,
and he was like in the way as you know always people get all, all the time in your way and they're yeah. like they, they, they can see the laser on them but anyway he was walking and he looked down and he saw this laser on his stomach and I had never seen anyone jump so like <laughs> hard in my life and he like ran to the side behind this car and um I was just like, oh, my word, no. I was like, what if he thinks he's being aimed at or something? So I walked over, my colleagues took my instrument, and I was like, oh, are you okay? And he, uh, he used to be in the army, right. and um, I felt so bad. And he was just like, oh, you know, obviously, oh, usually when that happens, yeah. shoot me, someone's act. And I was just like, I am really sorry. And I was like, wow. it's not a gun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You wouldn't you wouldn't even expect that. That's like, oh, no. but yeah, for that, for that to happen. Yeah. Oh man, alive! I, have you have you ever had like because you do work, um, you know, in quite busy places? I'm quite rural at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the one time my course was actually in London, and um, I, to this day it still makes me giggle. We were doing there was a big group of us who'd set up an EDM, and we were just doing a little bit of a topo of um, the road. And someone drove past in a car and put the window down and just went. Survey says. <laughs> I was like, that's the geekiest, best survey joke ever. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, my God. And, and literally, we were so, like, I guess, flabbergasted that someone had even said it. We, we just looked at ourselves and say, well, we've got no comeback for that. But no. <laughs> do you get any kind of, you know, um, I say abuse. Do you get any kind of weird chat or banter from, like, the general public or questions asked? Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of, like what is that and they, I always get people saying I see that everywhere but I've never been I've never asked anyone okay um which I always think maybe I'm quite approachable it's quite nice um, yeah no that's good <laughs> um not really I think the, the funniest story I've ever had with it is when I was working a night shift um in Shoreditch and we're doing the utility survey and it was must have been like morning we obviously the club just shut and there was like drunk people everywhere and um I was at the pole and my assistant was stood by the tent station and I could see all these like girls around him and I, and it wasn't measuring me because they were stood in the way. I was walking towards him and they all lifted their tops up oh, um, and they thought it, they thought it was the film that we were filming um, and honestly it was the most funniest thing and I was like I was like it's not a camera and I was like yelling at them and all the girls just stood there just like oh. <laughs> Oh, see, this is what, for listeners out there, these are, like, the great things that happen on a day. This is what makes the job fun as well, outside of the work, yeah. is, like, the stories that come with it um, is incredible. What, yeah, what are you passionate about? What do you want to see change in the future? What are you worth working towards at the moment? Um, so, I think at the moment, one of my focuses that I've noticed change is, like, technology. Okay. Um, so, for example, I went to um, Cambridge for the Chartered Institute of Civil Engineering Surveyors, um, and did a presentation there about the future in terms of like next generation and about how companies can do more to encourage their younger members of staff to develop and things like that. But, um, a guy they call Mark Lawton did a really inspirational talk about driverless machinery and things like that. And I was thinking, like, oh my God, wow, that's so cool. Um, so I went away and started like Googling it and researching it. And um, I am doing a presentation on Thursday, actually, at my Sarah's office about the future that's like to come. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't really read about it or they hear and they just think, oh, we're all being replaced by robots. Like, I don't want to know. Um, we can never be replaced, things like that. But the painful thing is, is that some of the jobs can be. Um, And I kind of wanted to, I thought to myself, if people don't start adapting and moving 
towards this new technology, then they're just going to get left behind. Um, and it's a sad thing to say, but it's like true. Um, so we need loads of research about it. And it's more about like raising the awareness to all the companies and saying like, you know, this is what, what you can do to maybe accept it and adapt it and things like that. And there's a lot more funding as well for companies now. Um, to bring in sort of drones thing and whatnot um but also as well obviously like the getting the next generation in and I've always been quite obviously we need it to be more diverse I'd love to have more women in industry but the skills gap is so big at the moment I think it's super important just to get anyone anyone anyone. Um, and I've even started going to primary school who obviously look at you sometimes like I have no idea what you're saying (laughs) um and it was really, really hard because like, I love presenting and I've done loads of whole school assemblies and workshops at secondary schools. And obviously the kids have a semi-understanding of like Google mapping and mm-hmm. just drones and gaming and 3D modelling and things. So you can kind of relate to them. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And the first primary school I got asked to go to, I was like, how on earth do I present to three, four-year-olds? Like, how on earth I do that? So I really brought it down to basics and was just like, who has ever played on a game? Like, has anyone looked at the stars? You can map the stars. And it was like really simple, but their faces were like, wow. And at the end of it, I asked if anyone had any questions and I must have had like maybe 30, 40 kids oh, all put amazing. their hands up. And I was just like, oh my word, wow. And but it's all about talking to them when they're younger, mm-hmm. just so that it's like in their subconscious. Um, showing the photos, exposing them to it. And when I do my presentations, I talk a lot about not just surveying, but the industry as a whole, like project management, like also when the bit of commercial side. Um obviously it's very hard to cover everything, but it's just kind of not everyone does want to be a surveyor, but it's like, oh, but you can draw 3D models or you can be a project manager on the site and whatnot. Um but it's tough because I get a lot of parents and a lot of the schools give me feedback and say yeah the kids are amazing oh but the parents weren't so happy because the kids came home and said they want to work on a construction site and uh, and you're like yeah. and I think it's really hard because how do you how do you tackle the parents I know I, and I know this is really um I suppose crash but um I was talking about this with my dad um my parents were super supportive and like I said, did you ever have any fears of me being on a construction site? And I guess your dad, your dad knew as well. He worked in the industry, yeah. um, and and he kind of said no. And and we were discussing things outside of the podcast. And I think there's also a perception that people that work in construction, yes, it's it's dirty, and um, you know it can be a rough industry. But I think there's a perception that it it's a poor earner. Um, yeah. And the reality is. Like, it's not, it's, you know, um, my husband will shoot me for saying this, but he's a um, university lecturer and um, I'm, I am by quite far, this is awkward to say, but the breadwinner. And I talk about it because I think it's important. I think, I, I think we shouldn't focus on salary, but I think some parents, you know, they, they, they see the cost of the future and, and kids struggling to get houses, you know, when you leave university and then you're coming up with a huge amount of debt. And I think yeah. sometimes, I'm, I'm not getting everyone, but sometimes I think they defer to, well, uh, what career is in, in construction? And the reality is, you know, it, it, it's an amazing industry to be in at the moment because the lack of skills has kind of pushed wages up. Um, and and it, it, it's a great sense of pride that if you speak to anyone that works on a construction site, they love their job. So I think oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's hard to get through to the parents. Um 
I don't know whether it is a monetary thing or whether it's like you say, they just don't want the idea. I mean, I'm saying this, if I'm going to be, I've said to my viewers, I'm going to be brutally honest. So here's the honesty. I think sometimes my mom is a bit like, oh, she works in construction. Like, oh, she wears boots. And sometimes she's like, she finds it a little bit hard um, Mm. to wrap her head around. Uh, and I think that's just maybe like a motherly thing that she's, you know, perhaps concerned about being on site. But yeah, I and and you are heavily influenced by your parents, and that's what's interesting. These podcasts, like a lot of my guests, um, have been influenced by parents. So the parents were yeah. have worked on a construction site. So unless that exists, um, it's kind of hard. Yeah, and like you're yeah. doing a great job by going into schools because they they can see that then. But it is a real shame if if they're then deterred by a parent that says, "Well, why don't you look at something else?" Because parents have, like, say, a massive influence on kids. Um, so I think that's one for you to crack in the future, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to think like, how can, where, whenever can you get all the kids' parents in a room? Maybe, maybe I'll. Uh, uh, crush the parents evening and uh, yeah. take over the mic you know yeah well um, like so, social media is going to help because I think a lot more yeah. people are getting on Instagram now and then the, the younger yeah. guys are on TikTok and stuff but um, yeah I think that's the only way forward and then doing the stuff that you do you know things I do which is go to events and talk at events um, yeah. industry related or not and just really um, just keep just keep spreading the word because that's I think the only way to do it. And be being seen, you being seen on site, people go, oh, actually, you know, come up and ask you questions and, and yeah, get interested. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's yeah. one it's one that I'll probably struggle with as well is how to tackle the parents issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get there. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard one. So um, what events have you got coming up? Are you down at London Expo in two weeks? Yes, I'll be at London Build Expo. Okay, um, I'm oh. actually, you're there, aren't oh, you? Oh, there, yeah, I'd love to, we'll have to meet up and have um, a proper chinwag and a drink. Definitely, definitely. Um, um, yeah, I've got that coming up and then I've got a couple of um, lectures at Rick's headquarters. Um, so I've got one tomorrow on like BIM and then one on Friday. It's a women in construction event, actually. Nice. Um, which is quite good. It's like more of a workshop sort of, presentation skills and things like that which would be quite good um but yeah I think London Bill because we've had we've been quite busy about digital construction week and London construction week and yeah I think it's more about the uh, Christmas dinners now oh yeah it's a good time of year yes yeah (laughs) all right well um you've been an amazing guest is there any are there any last words that you'd want to say to anyone that's listening to the podcast um, I would say if you're not from the industry and you know anyone who doesn't know what they want to do with their life or they're looking for a new opportunity, just send them out to get some work experience because I wouldn't change landscape for the world. I love it. So definitely. Awesome. And where can people uh, find you on Instagram? So my Instagram name is Lauren. Um and on there you can email me and send me messages. Um and I'm also my proper name is Lauren Holland. Um and you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter via that name. Cool. And for everyone, I'm gonna put um all of Lauren's social details in the show notes. So be sure to go and follow her, check her out, give her some words of encouragement, not that she needs it, she's killing it in the world of surveying and everything else don't lose the passion for it lauren because you're doing an incredible job and it's been amazing to chat to you today and um yeah thanks for being a guest thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure no worries 
once again i just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast folks your support means everything don't forget to check out the show notes and i'll be back next week